Did you ever just get that feeling about somebody in the church? That person just rubs me the wrong way. That person just has a way of punching all the buttons that I wish people wouldn't punch. That may not be anything you have ever experienced personally, but I suspect that if you've been a Christian any length of time, you have uttered words like that. That brother or sister rubs me the wrong way. Every family has its difficulties, even the family of God. But watch it and watch how you respond. This principle is biblical to the core. In matters of faith, unity. In matters of judgment, liberty. In all things, love. It is so important, I will repeat it. In matters of faith, unity. Being of the same mind in the Lord and agreeing in the apostles' teaching. John 17, 20 and 21. Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel, that whether I come to see you or be absent, I hear of your state, that you stand fast with one spirit, one soul, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Philippians 1, 27. In matters of faith, unity. There is but one faith. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. In matters of judgment, liberty. A great deal is said in the New Testament about matters of judgment, about matters of opinion. And in one of the great books of the New Testament, the book of Romans, Romans 14 and 15 specifically deal with this matter. In the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapters 8, 9, and 10 specifically deal with the matter of matters of judgment, matters of opinion. Two of the most important books dealing with churches and how we relate to one another devote significant time in the books to dealing with matters of judgment. In all things, love they will know we are Christians by our love. John 13, 34, and 35. Now, unity is a marvelous blessing. Unity. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Psalm 133 and verse 1. When we have something going on in a congregation, like I think we do to a great degree here at Westside, where people speak the same thing and are joined together in the same mind and judgment and where there is a real desire for there not to be divisions among us, 1 Corinthians 1.10, that is something that is unusual and it's a great blessing. I'm here to tell you that unity, it can be fragile, 
because of Satan and because of personalities and pride. And when unity is fractured, it is often difficult to retrieve. It's not impossible, but it's often difficult. I know of churches that because of friction fracturing their fellowship, they haven't really had much of a sense of unity for years. How sad. If disunity comes, the church will rarely be as successful as it could be. In God's sight. If disunity comes, the church will rarely be as successful as it could be in God's sight. Disunity especially in matters of judgment. Now open your Bibles to Romans 15. We'll focus briefly on verses 5 through 7. This morning I preached on a sermon that you suggested from a text that was suggested by someone here. Galatians 2.20, dying to live, that sermon was called. Tonight I'm preaching on another text that someone suggested, Romans 15 verses 5 through 7. And the sermon title is called Living to Bless. Wouldn't it be great if every child of God, regardless of whether they're male or female, regardless of whether they're young or old, regardless of whether they are richer or poorer, wouldn't it be great if every Christian lived to bless the church of Jesus Christ? Living to bless. And really that is what Romans 15 verses 5 through 7 are all about. It is a prayer wish, at least verses 5 and 6 are. A prayer wish. And maybe we would be blessed as a congregation, and surely I think we could be blessed more as individual Christians if we would take Romans 15 verses 5 through 7 and pray them back to God. Look at verse 5. In verse 5, we have a description of God. The first part of Romans 15, verse 5, gives us a description of God. Notice it. May the God of endurance and exhortation... May the God of patience and hope, if you have the older translation. If you're looking at Romans 15 verse 5, notice that those same two concepts, patience and hope, were just seen in Romans 15 4. The things written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. The idea of endurance. Aren't you glad that God is patient? That He's patient with us individually and that He's patient with the church. Not only that, you can see that God is a God who is encouraging. See that in Romans 15 verse 5? You may have that word comfort there again. 
Our God comforts. Our God is steadfast. That's how the English Standard Version puts that first word, endurance, steadfast, or a God who endures. And the idea is this. Our God has dealt with trials and difficult circumstances through the years, but always with patience and always triumphantly. Our God is a God who comforts and encourages in times of conflict and disunity, they're going to come because people are different. How will you endure? Will you be patient? Will you be patient with circumstances? That is an important thing to consider. Will you be an encourager People who talk about really living to bless and wanting to bless the church better think about the attitude of the God to whom the church belongs. He is a God of patience and encouragement. There are things I'd like to see improved here at Westside. Well, I've been here 20-something years. Well, I tell you what, I may need to be here another 20 years to see some of them improved to the degree that I'd like. Things that we pray about. That doesn't make you bad people. But it means that there's always things, according to the book of Titus, that need to be set in order. Every congregation has things that need to be mended and fixed and improved. Amen. Regardless of how good the church is. That's Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Now, notice this secondly. Notice the emphasis in Romans 15, verses 5 and 6 on unity, on oneness. Let me read them. Grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Catch it. Depending upon the version that you're reading from, there are three or four different expressions easily that all refer to the unity of God's people. In Romans 14 and 15, the matters of judgment and the eating of meats and things could have really hurt the church. Paul prays that they be united. And we need to be praying for the same types of things. Notice this lastly. The consequence, the result of such praying. Focus on verse 7. Circle or underline this word. Accept receive, or welcome. It's probably translated in one of those three ways. Accept one another. Receive one another. Welcome one another. Rather than have the attitude that that brother or sister rubs me the wrong way or they have a tendency to punch a lot of buttons... If you are the type of person, and I refer to this sometimes, that the elders want to run the other way every time they see you, 
you may want to think about this passage and living to bless, to bless the body of Christ, to accept one another. Now look at the passage. Everything in these verses of Romans 15 focuses ultimately on Jesus. Look at verse 3. For Christ did not please Himself. Look again at verse 5. That you may do things that are in accord with Christ Jesus. Look at verse 6. Our Lord Jesus Christ. And look at verse 7. Welcome, receive, accept one another as Christ welcomed, received, accepted you. Fellowship in the family of God is something really important, so important that we should give diligence, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, Ephesians 4, 3. That does not mean that the truth of God should be sacrificed on the altar of compromise. But it does mean we are careful about saying of any brother or sister, that person rubs me the wrong way. They have a way of punching all my buttons as far as negativity goes. In matters of judgment, liberty. I don't want to look down on anybody that the Lord considers His own. Do you? I don't want to include anybody as my brother or sister that God doesn't acknowledge as His own but I don't want to look down on any brother or sister that God considers his own. One wonders how well we're going to live with one another in eternity. I strongly believe that matters of judgment will be just that in eternity. Don't you think? Why don't we practice what we're living for in eternity right now. Right now. Thank you for listening. We're about to stand and sing our song of those who aren't Christians. I pray that you will be wise enough to use this very moment to come to Jesus in faith. That's a salvation matter. Unless you believe Jesus is the Son of God, you're lost. John 8, 21 through 24. Repentance is a salvation matter. God commands all people everywhere to repent. Acts 17, 30. There has to be a change of heart and a change of mind and a change of direction in how we go about our lives. A change that will honor Jesus. And when we talk about coming to Jesus and what must we do to be saved, the Bible specifies baptism as the point in which our sins are washed away. God put that there. The world and many religious groups may not believe that, but the Bible, the Word of God, puts it there. 
in order to have our sins washed away, Acts 22:16, and in order to be saved, 1 Peter 3:21, one should put Jesus on in baptism. Don't argue, don't quibble. Why not do what God's word says? For salvation. At that point, you're added to the New Testament church. Whatever life we have left as people of God, let's invest our lives in blessing the church. It'll be the best investment you've ever made. Let us stand and